SoCal Regionals runs into some last-minute bracket change issues resulting in the disqualification of a top player. Raphael and Android 17 are announced for Soul Calibur 6 and Dragon Ball Fighters, respectively. Capcom proves it's getting in touch with 2018 with a new Street Fighter update, and Catalyst and I jump into our top 10 Street Fighter V characters in the world right now on this week's episode of the Event Hubs podcast. Perfect. There's been a lot going on in the realm of fighting games. Where to start? I guess the first thing we could do is... Uh, the character reveals. We had a character reveal last night for Soul Calibur 6 and then a character reveal sometime this morning. I'm just jumping on and kind of absorbing the news for the first time since uh, since yesterday afternoon and we have two brand new fighters. Raphael, Soul Calibur 6, he's been around for a while. He's a uh, he's like a fencer as far as I understand it. He's got like a long uh, well like a like a sword and he's more of the um, what's it called like kind of like the proper like i was trained in the art of fencing and fighting and you know respect all that kind of stuff and then android 17 jumping into dragon ball fighters what do you know about android 17 john uh very little <laughs> i'm not a big dragon ball fighters fan it's so, funny yeah. um when we when we talk dragon ball z you, you, traditionally speaking, John is, you know, he's come up in the, the newspaper business. He's been around doing everything in fighting games and in like the, the uh, what is it, like the media world for quite some time. So most questions end up going to him. But when it comes to Dragon Ball Z, he's a little bit more on the green side. I don't think you really watched it, right? Pretty much not at all. I, I watched one episode of it where uh, like Captain, Captain Ginyu or Ginyu, whatever his name is, like he mm -hmm. had like the... Um, the Ginyu force with them and and he um they were like all sitting around going rock paper scissors rock paper scissors and that's like literally <laughs> the only thing i remember from it and then dream king's like dude that was like the worst episode for you to ever see like possible i don't know how you got that one but yeah so anyway. <laughs> there's so much filler uh, the, the the action's great it's a lot of fun the characters are well done but there's so much filler in dragon ball z that um it, it can if you if you catch the wrong episode it's very easy to do that kind of a thing and then you go why would anyone watch this like i think when cell evolves into his final form it takes like an episode and a half for the dust to clear from from uh when he's powering up and, and everything like you don't even see him for like an episode and a half or something like that it's ridiculous but anyways android 17 announced as what i think is the final character for this first season of dragon ball fighters now um a quick little backstory on him he of course came about during the cell saga as one of dr Giro's uh, amazing androids that were supposed to be more powerful than anything we've seen as of yet and is technically I guess the twin brother of Android 18 who is uh, much more popular and a lot of people's waifus have uh, been a part of Dragon Ball Fighters since the beginning and and 17's been there as her one of her assists right or, or, or he's been part of her animation but now he's a standalone character um, and, and it's his Dragon Ball Super iteration and um, I haven't watched Super, but as I've, I've garnered a little bit from just the talks that we've had in our in our meetings and, and such about uh, what's going on there, um, because some of our uh, some of our staff members are still very much into Dragon Ball Z and know everything about it. Um, 
and he's like a he's like a park ranger sort of guy. He like takes care of this island, and I, I guess just takes care of the wildlife, but also just somehow jumped up in power like crazy and has become ridiculously strong. And that's the iteration that we're getting here in Dragon Ball Fighters. So I don't know what kind of moves he does because I've only really seen him back in the Cell Saga. Uh, but apparently he's uh, pretty badass now, and so it'll be exciting to see what they end up actually doing with him in Fighters. Uh, but I think um, a welcome addition. I don't know if he's the best for like the last reveal. I, he's not going to be quite as hype as some of the other characters, like Cooler and like Broly and such. But but I think a welcome addition. And, and depending on how fans of the series feel about him or, or felt about him having watched Super and kind of where his status was, I think that'll affect a lot about his reception into the Dragon Ball Fighters realm. But um, exciting to see that we're we're you know closing this out this uh, first season of DLC characters. And I think that this also, if anyone was still wondering, I think it was, is it Virgibin that was uh, claiming that they basically knew all of the DLC characters a long time ago, like right at the beginning. And Android 17 Ranger was one of them. And sure enough, yep. here he is. Um, so, so this is pretty much confirmed a, a list or two out there that came out early on and I mean giving more credibility to them so we'll see if uh, if we learn a lot more about what's coming up in Dragon Ball Fighters from them uh, from you know for future seasons and such but cool stuff yeah um something that they uh, also announced here was the space arena which is a brand new stage that's coming out as a free update in september and then uh also they're going to have uh halloween colors and halloween theme like lobby characters that will be coming out in november um a little late but hey you know it's a uh, still halloween time <laughs> uh, but anyway uh we, we've got a few screenshots of those up on the website so if you guys want to see like what the new colors look like you know they're they're very uh orange as you would expect for halloween um but mm. uh but yeah those are all up there if you guys want to check them out right on what else is going on in the world of news there's a lot this week yeah there's a crazy amount of news going on so we got dojo mode actually for street fighter 5 and that's something you and born free were talking about a lot basically is a way of enjoying the game without winning and ranked to casual matches and this gives you a brand new stage that you can kind of decorate and add stuff into and kind of like ads like clans or you know teams or kind of like a a way of kind of putting a bunch of players under your umbrella and basically doing something with it you know like you, you can capcom says you can win prizes i'm not exactly sure what prizes you can win uh you've got someone you designate kind of as a grandmaster. uh i don't know like if they're going to reward costumes in the future or titles or what you're going to get but it's something it's something different that you can kind of do a little game within the game so to speak and it, it's very much what again uh what you and mark spoke about in terms of a step in the right direction of just kind of having more frills that that people can kind of mess with around the sides and it actually gives uh a reason to, to actually mess with the loot boxes now, uh, the Monot fighting chance mode or Rose or whatever. Um, it's it's a reason to actually go into that mode now because you can get decorations there and you can get some frills basically for you know dojo mode. So I I'm hearing about dojo mode. Um, well, I heard about it for the first time. Well, actually a long time ago because Xkira leaked this idea. Like he he found the files for this. But as far as what has actually come to fruition in the game. I read about it for the first time about 10 minutes ago. <laughs> and what I understand it to be is a customizable stage where you can, like you said, win um, 
like objects. Like I think one of them that I saw in the story that we have here is like an old fashioned car, things to put in the background and such. Uh, decorate a stage, make it your own, oh, including things like I think you can put like your Twitter handle and your, your CFN, things like that. So that when people share their content, like they're, you know, when Javis put, Javits puts up a, a new combo or setup video online, he can have it on his personalized dojo stage that people can recognize even faster now as it being his brand or anybody that's creating content they can basically put their own stamp on things its own customization and absolutely yes we talked about conspicuous conspicuous cons i forget the term of it but anyway basically being able to customize your own brand right there in front of everybody basically have spinners on your car you know, um, and, and show people your unique expression in the game that you've conspicuous consumption. That's what it was. <laughs> you, so you can you can buy certain things and have a unique appearance and flavor and identity. And this very much does add to that. And like you said, it adds to the loot box experience because now there's more for you to um, to be looking for in loot boxes, which I think is really cool. Street Fighter V, um, it may be about two and a half to three years after the actual launch, but is very much becoming a game that I think can exist and thrive more so in 2018 if that makes sense. And you could definitely make the argument that it's a little bit late. It may or may not be. But what this is telling me is that I should be more and more excited for Street Fighter VI or whatever comes up after this because Capcom is more and more getting an understanding of their audience and of their current atmosphere and how they should be approaching things and they are changing away from that previous like very conservative like this is the only way to do fighting games to this is what's working now and we're going to slowly but surely gravitate towards that so I don't know how cool dojo mode will be until we like actually play it but some of the things that we can take away right away I think are very encouraging yeah right and so Xkura is back now I think we can kind of say officially he's been leaking quite a few things uh, dojo mode was one of the big holdouts that he had because as you mentioned he revealed it like last year at some point in time and Capcom had been working on it this entire time or at least needed maybe you know the loot boxes to kind of go into place and get finished off before they launched this as well uh, the gating factor they like to speak about you know behind the scenes and mm -hmm. anyway it's it's cool to see it's nothing that i'm like all over you know uh but it's probably something i'll mess around with but i do know a lot of people are into this kind of stuff they they play the game more for the aesthetic of it and and the other processes of it and it's something else to feed into that to have fun with and it's like hey you know what if it's done well and it's satisfying like people people actually enjoy collecting the stuff and like they feel that sense of reward when they do it like that's a big win for capcom and i give them a lot of props for that uh in terms of the fgc stuff like capcom is pretty much a torchbearer with most of the things that get pioneered in our community uh bottom line is you can you can either look at it as a um, it, it has its origins at capcom or um it was a a derivative work of, of something they've already done basically uh not in all cases but quite a few of them you know so um I, I look at this and i go hey you know what like that's a good thing it's a good thing to add you know kind of for the fgc in general uh we'll see where it ends up at um even though i'm not personally excited about it i can appreciate what it brings to the table i think that that's going to be a general takeaway that most people will share with you um those that are those of us that are here now 
without the single player modes and such and like from the beginning that we're like yeah street fighter's fun because we're in it for the competition because we're in it for versus mode more than anything else that's good you have your niche crowd that's going to be here no matter what because it's street fighter and because it has a versus mode but when you add well, arcade mode and story mode and all that stuff, you expand your audience a little bit. And when you add this, this seems tailor-made for the 2018 gaming audience and the 2018 audience expectation. And this, I think, will appeal to more people that aren't as necessarily interested in the versus mode kind of stuff, but are interested in, like, you know, creating their own experience and their own world within the parameters of of a fighting game and so i'm very encouraged to see this and i'm excited to see how it goes the more i'm, I'm reading about it here and looking at the details and the images the more i'm getting excited about it and i think it's even if this is a flop it shows that they're moving in the direct in the right direction and that they're acknowledging their surroundings more than we've seen them do before I'm happy about it. All right. Um, so as we mentioned, uh, Xkira is back. Um, and some of the other things he, he's been leaking here is that Ryu will be getting a Mega Man X costume. Uh, Jill, um, or I should say Cammy, will be getting a Jill Valentine from Resident Evil costume. And Saturday Night Slam Masters, uh, Victor Ortega will probably be coming to like a Zangief or Alex character. And then we also have a, a Nostalgia costume coming for Abigail, which uh, Dream King will be happy about. Like uh, <laughs> Abigail's finally getting yet another costume here. He's getting two, like, I guess, maybe close to each other. Up. But I will mention that Xkira like had leaked a number of costumes actually clear back in late 2017, and some of them we're just starting to see now. Um, and what that kind of tells me in terms of uh, costumes basically is that they're they're continuing to produce them and they're kind of staggering them a little bit. But it seems like they're actually getting a good profit on their costumes, uh, which is really good for the game. Kind of like their overall health. Like most people costumes are very take it or leave it with them they're like they either like it or they don't uh we do fashion police articles on the website which are mm -hmm. super popular for some reason people want to know our opinions on, on like the latest fashion which is just it cracks me up um but um yeah, it's, it's cool to see. It's cool to see that Capcom's got, like, some, you know, formulas here that, like, hey, you know what? Like, we can put some more costumes out. We'll we'll really, you know, dig into this and make this our Darkstalkers dark theme. Like, here's a Halloween theme. Here's holidays. And, you know, summer costumes, all that. Like, they've, they've got a good thing going there. And uh, as much as we give Capcom crap, again, that's it does seem like something that they're actually on top of and doing well. Uh, and, and then uh, lastly, just with Xkira stuff, uh, there's a Car Buster mini game coming from Street Fighter 2 uh, slash Final Fight, uh, whatever game you may have uh, you know um, had your origins with. Uh, I, I think Final Fight came before uh, Street Fighter 2 did, like the car, you know, beat him up and the guy comes out and goes, oh, my car or something yep, like that. Bread, and, I think his name was. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, so that's coming back. So that will be fun to, to mess around with for a little while. Um, but anyway, getting back into the uh, the tournament stuff here this weekend, we had SDR, which was a very, very interesting tournament in terms of just the stuff we saw. Um, and I think both of us are actually going to chime in very heavily with this when we get into our top 10 players here. Mm -hmm. But um, one of the things that stood out to me was Bonchan actually picking up Sagat. Uh, there was one point in the match where uh, he played against Storm Kubo's Abigail. And, and basically, I think he lost 2-0 or he lost like, you know, it just wasn't that competitive and storm kubo like actually went to the camera and did the tiger shot thing like right into it i don't know if bon chan saw him i assume he did because i mean it's kind of hard to miss someone doing that like hey you idiot you should have taken you know taken sagat and like actually did well with it um but anyway uh i it just again uh and so after that bon chan actually started taking sagat he got knocked into losers um he didn't play him exclusively but we started to see the king in tournament and he's been playing him exclusively in Topanga. Like, he, that's the only character he's playing. And just 
watching Bon Bonchan play Sagat, like it became fairly apparent there's certain matches he's actually pretty comfortable with. Like against Akuma, mm -hmm. he's actually mm -hmm. pretty comfortable with that matchup with Sagat. And then you you want to know why I think that is what? is because um, and we won't go too far down this rabbit hole because I know you have a, a train of thought going. But um, this is something that just kind of immediately popped up with me. Uh, Akuma has very low life, and even though he's got a lot of tools, hmm. Sagat deals out the damage. And if if Sagat only needs to get a few guesses or not not guesses but manipulations for you to jump at the wrong time or, or for him to land a few hits even though dakuma has a ton of potential sagat only needs to hit him a few times like that's a kind of game sagat wants to play it's it's characters that have a ton of life where sagat's gonna have to hit you with a whole bunch of uppercuts where he's going to not do as well but i think characters with low life are going to have a hard time with sagat even if they have a lot of options which is interesting because a lot of the top tiers in this game are low life characters that hit fast and hit from all angles but it's like man if he can catch you it's like swatting a fly mm -hmm. and i think that's kind of something that we're seeing emerge from that character at least in this specific iteration of the uh, of the franchise right and bonchan is one of the best footsie players on the planet period uh that is what he specializes in and when he loses it's typically because he lost control of the match uh and you'll see it very well like players will struggle up, down, left, and right to try to approach Bonchan and just get him off of his game because his spacing and his timing and his just reads on what you want to do are just top tier. They're they're so incredibly good. And, and when he crumbles, he crumbles hard. And that's why he's such a good Sagat player is Sagat is, is a specialist in that plus he has an EXDP that he can use to get you off of him and just the damage he can do with the, the match control that he has. And, and Sagat's always been great at that and it's how come people love Bonchan Sagat so much. Um, I just don't think he's had enough time with the character but I think again the fact that he brought him out at a premiere event where he badly needed the points um, badly relatively speaking you know he's looking for better seating i think at this point in time uh but uh he very clearly wanted to win he still got top eight i think it was like fifth overall or some something like that or third wherever he placed at but um anyway he did quite well uh and i i think we're gonna see him play Sagat much more in the future uh, i think this was kind of like um I, there's a really dirty term I want, don't want to use right now, but use it. yeah, I'll no, that's that's to. all right. Uh, but he, we'll just <laughs> say that he uh, broke through here and and kind of um, uh, had a good opportunity here to to kind of like test the waters with Sagat. I think we're going to be seeing a good bit more in the future. I I just man, I, now yeah. I just now I don't know what term you're going to use, and it's going to bother me for the rest of the podcast. But that's fine. Yeah, yeah. That's fine. We all we all just wonder what the dirty thought of the uh, of the boss was, but yeah, yeah no, it, it was encouraging, and I do think that. More and more, we're seeing Sagat settle into a a not... He's not completely invalid as a character. I think there's a time and a place for him, and I'm happy with that. I, I, he doesn't need to be like an overwhelmingly great character that just wins in most of the matchups and stuff. But if there's, a, if there's a time and a place for him, he's very entertaining to watch, as you've said, especially when it's Bonchan. And I think that that's, that's a victory for, for a character. Um, if you can have a character like Sagat have his proper place and we'll see him from time to time, um, then, then I'm cool with it. Like as far as execution on creating new characters for the game. So one of the things that, that also happened at SDR was uh, Chris G, one of the top Dragon Ball Fighters players. Um, oh boy. Really well known for Marvel. Um, he got DQ'd in the event because this is our understanding of it. Like we, we kind of got statements after the fact, but he was scheduled to play in a certain bracket and with emergency registration and a few other things that happened, uh, he ended up getting his, his bracket moved around and ended up playing in an earlier set. 
And then uh, Alex Fai of Level Up jumped on there and said, hey, you know, that was an issue we had. Um, and we're going to try to, you know, get Chris G back in the bracket. And at that point in time, Chris G just kind of said, like, hey, like, look, like, thanks, but no thanks. Like, I that's going to screw everything up yeah, for I, everybody else. It messes, it messes with the integrity of the tournament and other stuff. And I mean. I'm not going to say that's like, you know, wrong or whatever, like Chris G's mentality is whatever it is, but I will say that he definitely is one of those players that like emotions very heavily play into how he competes in games. Uh, even in Marvel when he's dominating, like when, when you see people like get in his head and like would just mess him up a little bit, it would really impact him. Uh, and I mean, it's just, it's, it's something that he personally has to deal with. Um, like it's, it's an issue that he has, but at the same time, when that's that big of an issue, I can see him dropping out of the tournament and saying, Hey, look, this is too much for me to deal with guys. Um, I was mentally prepared to play, you know, players X, Y, and Z. And now you've taken that and just completely turned on, on his head. And I'm just not ready for this. I'm not prepared for this. Um, I will add here that when Chris G actually went through his Marvel 3 just complete dominance and put himself on the map as one of the best fighting game players ever, period, um, just because mm-hmm. so few players have ever dominated like he did in Marvel 3. It just, it, it's just so rare in fighting games, especially with a game that volatile, right? Um, but if you guys never heard of it, like at Evo, uh, there was... Our crowds get really rowdy in the fighting game community. Uh, you can take that rowdiness and up it to like a factor of like twenty. Uh, you guys saw what Kaba like kind of got like busted for and whatnot. Like people were doing that to Chris G constantly at Marvel tournaments. Like the amount uh, of just people going at him was crazy and mm-hmm. and we didn't talk about this a lot because i didn't want to encourage people you know to copycat that like when it was going on and like hey you know make sure you go after this guy because like as many people that will see it like and go ah uh, you know whatever you know type thing there are people that are uh, very obviously trolls in our community that will go after the guy um so you may have whatever opinion you have of chris g and that's fine but do realize that some of the reasons that he has like these mental blocks, they're very real. When you go out there and you are just constantly harassed by the crowd and people call you a fraud and call you terrible and they want to see you lose more than practically anything, it does take its toll and it could really beat you up. Uh, and we're actually going to get into that here in a minute with a, a melee player. Um, but I, I just kind of want to throw it out there. Like, I, I understand it. Like, I understand people don't like Chris G that much for a variety of reasons. But I, I just will say that there there are reasons um, why he has the opinions he has uh, on top of everything else. So Right, right. It makes sense. I mean, everyone has their uh, the path that they end up taking and the experiences that they end up having, um, especially when you get into the public eye and you're deemed a, a heel or a baby face or somewhere in the middle. And um, G is, or Chris G, I should say, because G is actually a character in the game, uh, well, in Street Fighter. He's a very uh, interesting character in the fighting game community, a little polarizing. Um, And and so getting back to the initial issue, which was him getting DQ'd, it was for Dragon Ball Fighters. And he's one of the, he's not the best in the world by any means, but he's certainly one of the notable American players and and he was a significant name to have in the brackets to see, you know, will this be the tournament where Chris G jumps up to that next level? It very well could be. Let's see what happens. And there were only two Dragon Ball Fighters pool times. It was 12 and 2 p.m. He was initially scheduled for two, but then, like, he went to bed, woke up, and the next day, um, apparently things had been switched around because of emergency registration, and they switched him to a 12 o'clock pool. And he wasn't, I mean, he's in, you know, California already and everything, but 
he wasn't going to be at the venue until, um, you know, maybe half hour before his two o'clock pool. And so he wasn't going to be able to make it in time. And that's why things played out the way they did. I will say I was very surprised when I first saw his tweet about getting disqualified, you know, just just kind of knowing Chris G and, and him playing multiple games and having issues in the past at tournaments with getting to certain pools on time and whatnot. And then level up basically you know Alex Valle and Jimmy being the guys that are running this this is not their first rodeo by any means and they are very good at dotting I's and crossing T's I was like there's probably more to this story I don't think that those two of all people would have um, you know dropped the ball in such a heavy fashion but it turns out like there's just so much going on and I know SCR had a little extra pressure because this um, this is like a, a big major FGC event that came just, uh, just shortly after that horrible tragic um, you know Madden shooting uh, over on the East Coast and so they were preoccupied with making sure that people felt safe at their event at first they you know we talked about how they wanted to open up sticks and then they, they switched over to getting metal detectors but it's no easy feat to run these tournaments and this isn't an excuse this is a pretty bad mess up on their part um but i i was surprised to see it was from these guys and i'll tell you this i don't think that this will ever happen again at one of their events is is the thing and it's like everyone makes mistakes and level up certainly isn't perfect but they are also like the standard setters in a lot of different ways these guys are trusted they know what they're doing so like everyone gets you know gets to mess up every once in a while i don't think people were too upset it was unfortunate but that's what it is you know and um so move forward from here and uh, hopefully Chris gets a chance to uh, to jump into the, um, what is it, the Dragon Ball World Tour. Uh, because this was a radar event, so there was something um, on the line here. But mm, it sucks, but we'll move on and, and um, you know, hopefully have learned from the experience, I guess. Right. And I, I just want to reiterate, too, that, again, Level Up is, is some of the best TOs in the entire fighting game community. They do a great job. Uh, it's a mess up on their part, but I want to say SCR was very, very good besides that. Um, it sucks that happens. And just so people know, it was mainly due to emergency registration. Uh, I don't know what percentage of players sign up at the very last minute anymore. I know that a couple of years ago, it was a really big deal. Players signing up at the last minute and just kind of not, you know, doing it in advance, basically. Uh, and so that's a lot of money that TOs are leaving on the table. Um, the risk-reward for running events in the fighting game community, it's it can be pretty bad. Like, in terms of, like, you could not turn a profit and you could lose a good amount of money if you don't do things right. So mm-hmm. I get why they have emergency registration. I'm not against you know, like having that. I, I get, like, you know, people are like, well, look at what happens and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, but, like, there's also the, the the other side of the coin where it's like, guess what? Like, we don't have tournaments in the community anymore if they don't allow some of this stuff to happen and do, you know, this stuff because they're no longer making a profit. They can't afford to lose, you know, $5,000, $10,000 every single tournament that comes out here. They just, they can't do it. And so there's a there's some give and take here. I know a lot of people are putting level up on blast. I just want to give some perspective here. Uh, and again, shout out the guys. They are really some of the best in the business, but even the best of the best make mistakes. Uh, they'll learn from it. They'll get better. And yeah. yeah. And it's, it's no easy feat dealing with this whole late registration thing. There have been different approaches to it, like having a death bracket. But even then, if nobody signs up late and only one or two people do, then they have a free bracket pretty much, you know, to get through. Um, the solution to that, as we talked about a little bit yesterday on Best of Five, was, well, you could do what they did at Capcom Cup last year. I'm sorry, the Capcom Cup last chance qualifier, where if you signed up late, you still got to play, but you played in the death pool and the the 
prize for winning the death pool was you were put into a regular pool. Right. So you had an entire bracket before everybody else started their brackets. And that, I think, is a pretty good one because, one, you get to charge everyone that's late extra money for being late. And then they don't have any kind of advantage there. They have to play through extra people. And then at the very best, if they were the only one to sign up late, well, okay, they paid extra and they got into a pool. But otherwise, you deal with all of them and you don't have to shuffle brackets around to do that. They just have to duke it out however many they are. Maybe they even play a bigger tournament than the rest of the tournament if you had that many people sign up late just to get into pools. And I think if that were the case and that were the norm, uh, that's a pretty big deterrent for people to uh, to not be late. And I think that we do that for a while and emergency registration probably evolves out. But for the time being, it is still something because, you know, people are people are late, people are lazy, people don't get paid until a certain time or whatever. Um, so it's it's something that TOs have to deal with at the moment. But I, I, I think that that would be a good approach to, to phasing it out. Yeah, I think that will permanently remove everyone from like registering, uh, registering late, I should say. It's like if you have to play basically an extra set of bracket rounds, which is another like four or five matches, and then all the other late players that, that couldn't make it like are going through that as well that's really going to wipe most people out and it's it's really the best way to go about it but uh, speaking of Capcom Cup uh, they've moved it to Vegas this year instead of you know uh, Southern California and I think it was actually in, in Frisco one year as well um, but both, yeah, one or two. Yeah, one or two of it. Um, but uh, John and I will both be actually at Capcom Cup this year. So if you guys see us, like, hey, hey give us a shout out. You know, say hi. Um, happy to talk to the, you know the fans of the show or fans of the site. You know, uh, you know, please just you know give us a heads up. And uh, I'm gonna be actually competing in the last chance qualifier and getting like last place. But I'm still gonna be competing. <laughs> I'm still gonna I, go for it. So. so I'm 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 very intrigued. I go to a lot of events uh, with people, right? And and it's. It's courteous to go and you watch their pool matches and you give them input if they want or you're just there for emotional support at the very least. But I've never gotten to see John, my boss here, play in in any kind of tournament or whatnot. He's always the the nice guy that's like facilitating and making sure everybody else is happy and, and, and the machine is working and such. And I want to see him in competition go for the throat mode uh with your with your orb throw your orb at the throat yeah. and uh so i'm i'm very intrigued to see competition john um i i might might just watch from afar to make sure that you know i'm not distracting or anything like that or being too loud making kava noises and whatnot while you're trying to play <laughs> but um but i am very much intrigued to see uh to see you in that kind of an environment because I've never seen it before. Yeah, it's my time to practice. I've got three kids, and so my time to practice, like uh, oh, the options. Yeah, oh, hell are yeah, it's, it's already in play. But uh, like John will like ping me randomly, like he's like, hey, do you want to play? And I'm like, uh, it's kind of like kid time at the moment because I've you know I've got like I've got to go pick him up from school. I've got to go all the you know dad duties and all that, and just my time to actually play is is usually so limited. I love competing and playing, but it's just it's one of those like hey. Uh, this is now my reality kind of thing, and uh, and yeah, so um, man, priorities though. Street Fighter, <laughs> it's pretty important. Like, I probably have kids. I'm not worried about it though. I'm practicing Street Fighter. Like, you know, get, you know I guess to each his own. Right. But. right. <laughs> <laughs> so getting into it next. Um, speaking of like kind of players having difficult situations, I wanted to get into Armada, who is one of the the melee Smash melee like just top players ever. Uh, currently, one of the gods. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, probably between him and Hungrybox right now, between who the number one player is, but for a, a number of, of, of time, Armada has generally been considered basically the, the top melee player. Uh, plays uh, Peach and plays Fox and just, I mean, unbelievable player. Um, and he 
he basically, I'm going to read his quote here, and said, for me, when I enter tournaments with singles, uh, melee singles, it almost feels to the point where I'm physically sick most of the time. Um, I've invested so much of my life into this game, and around this time and age, I really want to make sure this is what uh, I feel that I want to do. And it, this really goes back to me to like what Zero went through with Smash 4, and uh, I think a lot of players go through like just kind of getting burnt out on the game. Uh, and, you know, mm-hmm. present company here, uh, I think, going through something similar, where the game stops being enjoyable and the whole reason that you, you know, play and compete in it and whatnot, like it's just, it becomes kind of unbearable and people want to see Armada lose like nothing else because he's one of the best players. It's, it's that goes with it. And to keep your mental focus to the point where you can consistently compete and like that doesn't bother you. It's really hard. And that's how come so many players fall off are they quit playing for a while or they, they just, you know, they move on to other things. And that kind of seems like what Armada is doing. Like I, I thought initially it might be, you know, mostly due to smash ultimate. And, you know, I, I guess the jury still out on how much he's going to be playing that like competitively. Uh, but I, I get it because we've had so many other players just kind of go like, Hey, that was a great run that I had. I did really well for a while. Uh, I'm going to kind of move on. And, and I will say that, you know, uh, Armada did have a semi-retirement back in 2013 uh, where he kind of did this before. Um, but it sounds like this one's actually more of like, hey, I'm permanently quitting uh, melee singles. I'll play in doubles, but like I'm kind of done. Uh, so it's unfortunate and sad at the same time. It's kind of uh, it's kind of the ecosystem for fighting games for some players. Like they're just like, hey, I'm going to do this for a while and I'm done. You know, we've seen recently Hungrybox tweet about how much pressure and negativity he's been experiencing as one of the guys to beat and um, just almost being done with it himself. Yep. You know, if, if, if from what he's tweeted, excuse me, from what he's tweeted in the last few months or so, if he were to announce his retirement, people would be like, well, that, that that's striking, but it's not incredibly surprising and here we see armada doing it and i think ppmd did the same thing right Mm -hmm. Uh, he hasn't been playing for a while right yeah he's he's had some uh mental health issues i believe um that he's been working through and uh, i think that's been the main contributor to to his stuff Uh, but i don't want to speak too heavily about that because it's not something i'm extremely well versed with but it's what i've heard through the grapevine sure and it sounds like maybe a different situation Mm -hmm. than what i'm kind of getting at here but then, um, and then you also brought up Zero, who's not a melee player, but a, a Smash Four player, and him having a, a not quite a breakdown, but certainly you know retiring from competitive play, and and really just wanting to get out of that spotlight, and 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 so I wonder, is, is like the Smash community eating its its you know its leaders, its top players, and and it might not just be the Smash community, it might be the FGC, and it might just be people in general like do we do this to our professional athletes and such but but we're seeing it a lot right now in in smash i'll jump in there and just say that on event hubs it's something we experience all the time we'll we'll work very very hard on a story um or on content on the website and we'll have 20 people go on there and say this sucks you guys are stupid you have a huge bias towards this your reporting is crap and blah 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 and it's something I talk about with, with our, our staff a lot, and that's motivation. Um, we try to keep things very positive behind the scenes. We try to have a very healthy and and upbeat um, you know work environment. Like um, we, we really try to you know um, shy away from negativity and crap, basically. Um, mm-hmm. 
And I think it's something that everyone on the team can appreciate, but it's very important that your motivation doesn't go because I, I can tell you, like, if, for those of you who don't write creatively for a living um, or they don't do a podcast or anything like that, um, when your motivation is gone, people see it. And when your writing starts to really suffer and you start going to dark places and you don't want to write. You, you just don't know how to express yourself. You don't have those really creative and fun ways of, of putting your content out there that people actually want to read. Um, when you go to a deep, dark hole, you will appeal to some people, but the masses generally are going to be turned off by that. And, and on Event Hubs, like we're a fun website. We cover fighting games. You know, that's what we do. Uh, fighting games are not a, a dark, horrible place. They're generally an escape for a lot of people. Uh, that's where they go to have fun. It's where they go to, you know, see their friends, all that kind of stuff and see what's going on. Um, there's some drama, there's some plenty of other stuff, but like compared to other stuff in life, like fighting games are, you know, very, very low on the drama scale. So uh, again, we, we talk about it all the time. Like, Hey, let's, you know, let's do some stuff to get our motivation up. We'll sit there and we'll talk on meetings for a while about like what we want to do, what content we want to get out there. And it, it's backed up. The good part about it, what we see is that when we're having fun and we're enjoying the stuff we're doing, our readers are as well. And, and that's mm-hmm. really, it, it translates so heavily and it's so important. Uh, and it's why I relate to these players. Like, even though I've never been, you know, a top end player in a very competitive fighting game, um, that's a little, you know, outside of my wheelhouse. Uh, I have experience deal with running the site and I can, you know, do a little bit of a comparison there and just say that I get it. And, and there are times where you just don't want to be in front of people and facing the unbelievable scrutiny and hate and just horrible toxic nature of stuff that you see, especially on, I'll put it a medium on blast here, Twitter. Twitter is freaking awful in terms of mm-hmm. how horrible some of the people are on there. Just really, really, really horrible people. And, and just uh, maybe they're not so horrible in real life, but the way they express themselves on that medium is just, it's awful. And, and it, it's, Especially with the Smash community, I've actually seen that they're very prevalent on Twitter. That's kind of their main medium that they exist on. Um, and I can't even imagine being a top player on there and just being in the spotlight that much. And just every day, just seeing people say, you suck. You suck. You're stupid. You're ugly. You're blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, after you can kind of laugh it off for a while. But when that's your everyday existence... That's hard. Yeah, you'd have to have something, uh, some kind of a mechanism in your life that deals with that on the daily. Otherwise, it would become overwhelming. But yeah, I don't even want to begin to think like, usually when you see notifications, you go, oh, cool, what's going on? But for for people like that, you see notifications and go, oh, I'm not checking that. Or worse, I am checking that. And it's just all, you know, (laughs) just insults and such. Um, You brought up the present company, though, being in something of a dark place. We've had this little bit of a saga going on with my experience with Street Fighter V, and I just wanted to update, uh, I guess, you and the uh, the community here, the, the listener base. I played in the Geico Gaming Online event last night and uh, ended up losing uh, my second match to a Kami player, but it came down to I went for a command grab and they jumped. And so uh, I was like, that kind of sucks, but I had fun playing it and um, and really focusing on manipulating people in, in the neutral. Mm-hmm. That's something that I've been I'm trying to make work. And especially when you play against top players or, or stronger players that are that are worried about the same thing. I've mentioned before that like my match against Haitani at Evo was very fun because that's the game that we were playing. Well, um, and then I, I ended up making it all the way into top eight losers and played Samurai, who just had a great run at um, SCR. SCR. 
and uh, and and I took a game off of him in the first to three, but ended up losing. Uh, but but took rounds in the in the matches that I lost and such too. And it was a very fun, very back and forth, competitive um, game or, or match, I should say. And I had a lot of fun doing it. And and so it motivated me. I actually jumped on ranked afterwards and continued to play and had fun playing in that uh, you know neutral manipulation mode that. Uh, you know, I'm trying to minimize the chaos of Street Fighter V and, and, and such, and I felt like I've figured something out, and I'm not even sure if I can articulate exactly what that is, but I, I know that I've figured something out that's helped to minimize the chaos of, um, of those characters that kind of just do it a lot of times. And I've been having more fun as a result, so out of that kind of funk a little bit, and, and, and you know, it's always a roller coaster, but out of the valley and starting to go back up on a peak. So feeling encouraged. Um, so if I can do it, so can you, if you're feeling the same way person that's listening that I'm speaking to directly right now, you know? <laughs> um, so yeah, that's kind of where we're at with the Street Fighter Five saga. Enjoying it more than I have been in previous weeks, having fun with it again. So, uh, so yeah. Great to hear. Awesome. Uh, and uh, as you're able to unpack that more, we should definitely get into it here on the pod and, and try to help other people going through it. It's it's sometimes hard to articulate like what we're going through and, and actually have it be like relatable to people. Um, and it's something like, you know, that the guys will ask me like, I'll discover some new tech or some new meta approaches in the game. And they're like, hey, like share that with me. And I'm like, I can't because I don't know what the heck I'm doing yet. <laughs> like I have, I have it's, working. it's working, but I, I have no idea how to explain that to you. And I'm sorry, but as soon as I figure it out, I will. And then we have these big, you know, meta discussions about these games where it's like, oh, like, I think this is what's going on. Like, how does it compare to what you guys are doing? And like, sometimes it will be something ridiculous. Like, like um, uh, Raptor was telling us about playing his training partner and about staggering like moves and whatnot and he's like literally I'm like teabagging in the middle of like my you know attacks um, and just to throw off my timing just a second and like he's not teabagging for any other reason than to just like throw off his timing but that works and then like he was able to you know express that to us and we're like hey that makes sense now but you say that out of outside of context and you're like yeah I was teabagging the other guy and it's like okay great you're taunting the other guy to throw him off and like <laughs> like what are you doing like you're, you're your training partner don't mess with them like you know that's what do you you know so anyway it takes time for to, us to specify yeah. to specify what that meant by the way and teabagging isn't I guess maybe it's not the right word um, or the right phrase to use there but essentially when I wanted to dash forward I would instead of because pre- dash forward means you just press forward twice rapidly I would press down once first and then press forward twice and and although you can't do that consistently because then you're very clearly telegraphing your dash what that would do was delay my dash for however long it takes to press down once and that slight alteration of the timing would throw off my opponent who was getting used to when I wanted to dash forward and so doing little things like that um, adding in a single movement to this to this bigger movement was adjusting the timing to keeping things um, unpredictable. So that's what I meant. But obviously, when you do that, what happens is your character dips one time, so it looks like a tea bag, and then a dash forward. And that's just the way I articulated it. But yes. um, but yeah, that's that's what I mean by that. Oh, and I will share one quick thing that I can articulate that I've been doing is forcing myself to just block under pressure and. Um, because it's like you want to, especially if you grew up in Street Fighter 4, you want to crouch tech all the time and stuff. And, and that's why, uh, you know, shimmies work so well in frame traps. And hot damn, it sucks getting hit by that kind of stuff. If you just block stuff, it actually is very, 
I don't want to say fun, but rewarding when you're like, like I was playing online before we started today and an ed player tossed out their, uh, their V trigger, you know, one orb at me that hits like five times. Plus he gets to, he can push you back and, and do a couple of moves for block stun. So you end up having to block like eight or nine different hits while he's, you know, coming at you and to block all of that and then get out of there with just gray damage or, or turn things around after a long successful block spree is actually highly underrated. I very highly suggest it and, and you know, as hard as it is to just freaking sit there and block, do it. It's totally worth it and it will save your life. Mm, gotcha. Yeah. Um, well, speaking of Ed, here's a great segue. <laughs> Ed Boone actually <laughs> went on uh, and, and had some comments here about like uh, balancing their, their games. And uh, since we've been into this quite a bit, I, I wanted to just kind of compare it to our own experiences here. And just he said basically that the developers of the games, like they need to let the dust settle because it's very hard to see how certain characters like will perform because they'll start running over players at first. And I think we kind of saw that with Sako and Manat here at SCR and bear with me. I am defending Manat here a little bit, but um, my reaction, even watching Sako play is like, okay, V trigger one is busted. Like this guy makes the V trigger one look so dang good. And, and I think the move now needs to be like three bars and like, let's change it up a lot because my goodness, like he, he's just so incredible with it. And basically Boone is, is advising people to let the dust settle a little bit, like give it some time when you see that stuff and see what people can come up with, with counters and other things. Um, even among their developers there at, at NetherRealm Studios and, and see what kind of happens. And yeah, it's strong, but is it like so strong that, you know, people need to like immediately have it nerfed down or is it like, you know, whatever type thing. And it, it kind of goes again to the, the philosophy of Capcom of like, how quickly do we balance these games? How quickly, like when this stuff is discovered, do we start altering it basically? And there's a difference between having a, a very powerful technique and setup versus having a character that's very powerful, like a Kami or an Akuma in Street Fighter V to me. Um, so again, this, it, it's a good reminder kind of, a, of the, the context and the nuance of these discussions uh, of like, keep in mind that even the developers are struggling with, you know, how much they balance stuff or how much they don't. Um, it's, but I think Boone's advice of, of letting the dust settle, especially on powerful techniques and setups is a, is a good thing. I agree. I agree. And it's no enviable task to have to do that and make that call because it very much is a case by case basis and people are going to not give it the nuance and the detail that it deserves. And they're going to gravitate to one extreme or the other of this needs to be changed immediately and and it's broken. And, and, and sometimes that's very much not the case. And so uh, I tend to err on the side of like, let's pump the brakes and give it some time and give the the brilliant minds out there some time to figure it out and see if it's really as broken as possible. But you can sit too long on that and then truly have a dumb, crazy thing that's that's taking away from the competitive nature of a game and have it be around for too long. So, so you know, it's a double-edged sword, but uh, again, not an enviable task. Yeah, I tend to be on the side of uh, nerf everything into the ground, screw it all, so, <laughs> especially <laughs> Abigail. If it's Abigail, just get rid of it but anyway sure. moving right along we have dead or alive six um the game has finally went sexy they put mouse pads and posters um the <laughs> i i think i called it like when dakota posted the story uh, dark horse um i think i called the mouse pad porn which it pretty much is like if you look at it i'm like whoa wow like that's pretty much like what you would expect on a porn website so um <laughs> no shocker dead or alive they were full of it 
completely. And yeah, uh, they're, the porn's like coming back to the game and maybe like progressively or whatever. But I think we, there's some posters now that they just got up at like TGS that are like the characters in like highly suggestive poses and all that. And it's like, yeah, like, okay. Oh, well, you know, so. Um, well, I'm glad Dead or Alive stopped trying to be what it wasn't and just embrace what it was. I'm very proud of them and they are very brave. <laughs> yes. Uh, you know, they haven't quote unquote put it entirely back in the game, but we'll wait for like the breast jiggle and like camera perv camera mode or whatever they call it you know kind of thing where it's just like okay <laughs> like here's all the you know default angles that you can go that like let you look at the character's naughty bits you know kind of thing. <laughs> so anyway yeah. hey uh props to them uh, kind of shocking no one in the community but yeah so with that we are now going to get into our top 10 list for street fighter 5 our favorite our best or whatever you want to term this you know players um no i, I want to specifically make it the best players right now okay. um, and, and, and being like the players that are most competitively viable, that are most likely to win. Um, and, and it's not over all of history. It's right, right now, now right. given what we know uh, for 2018 with this current version of the game, with where people are at. So um, let's see, we're sitting around uh, 45 ish minutes right now. Let's do our top five. If we have time to get to 10, we will. It depends on how much we, we dig into everything. But I want to start with number one and just keep going and see if we can get all the way to 10. If not, we'll see how the uh, the reception is and see if people want to keep hearing about this and whatnot. But we posted an article last night on the front page, and it was a, a poll article. You can go and vote right now. And it's essentially asking people this exact question. Who are the top 10 players in the world for Street Fighter V right now? And... Um, it's kind of hard to choose, you know, who are you going to list up there for people to, to pick. So I just went by default and grabbed the top, I think it was 40. Yeah, the top 40 people on the um, the Capcom Pro Tour rankings right now. And um, and people got 10 votes so they could vote for the, the you know, the, the people that they thought were the 10 best. Um, and so you can check that out. Uh, and, and it's the poll still open. So if you want to go and you want to offer your own two cents, um, that's there for you to do. So please do. So... Let's dig into it, I, and I'll, I'll pass the first opinion over to you, John. Who is your top player in Street Fighter V right now, and why? So uh, I want to get in just a little bit to my own stuff you're, you're saying right now, and I want to add in that uh, recency bias is definitely a factor for me. Uh, mm -hmm. How people have been performing lately is just heavily considered. Um, I also did my list based heavily on results, uh, and not just overall skill, but that's definitely a thing. Um, if, if people like Nemo would be a shoe in right now in terms of how skilled and crazy good they are, if I did not factor in results, but Nemo just is not traveling that much. Um, I'm a huge fan of his, even though he plays Jurian, which is just a scum. Yeah, I don't think anyone's gonna deny but, that. Like a player like Nemo, he's a good example yeah. of being an absolutely great player. But again, he we haven't seen a lot of him. Um, he's, I guess he's kind of more of the approach of, Hey, I'll just show up and, uh, you know, win the last chance qualifier and then have the last seed in the tournament and then get to, you know, fourth, third, fourth place, whatever it was that he placed in last year at Capcom cup. Um, very capable of doing that. And I expect he'll probably do something similar again this yeah. year, but he hasn't been showing it here in the year. And so, I mean, that, that can be in, and you could pick. Nemo if you wanted to based on that it's up to you but you have to kind of back up your answer and he doesn't have a whole lot of evidence to back things up um, in the immediate past yeah. so without further ado I have problem X as my number one player right now number, number one, one. In. interesting yeah. so mouse esports is a German esports club that's his sponsor 
Uh, we'll be listing all the sponsors off here, like uh, on my side, uh, just because uh, I, I like to, you know, give them an extra shout here, and it kind of, you know, gives a little bit more background on on who the player is and where they come from. Um, so anyway, European sponsor, but the Evo win still rings very strong for me. Uh, bringing it at that level on that stage is big, uh, and we're just over a month and a half removed from that performance. But he's also won uh, Celtic Throwdown, Celtic Throwdown, whatever you want to call that. Um, he experimented, like, the, this guy is so good. He experimented with G at Ultimate Fighting Arena. You know, he plays Bison and Abigail. Those are his two main characters. Um, I could be wrong, but it honestly looked like he valued experience with G over winning that Capcom Pro Tour event. That's crazy. That's like, hey, you know what? I'm so good. I don't even really need to win this event. Like, I'm just going to go ahead and like experiment with this like brand new character. And it's not that he was trying to lose with G, but damn, he is so strong right now. He's just like, yeah, I'm just going to I'm going to go ahead and mess with this. So Hmm. Anyway, he also got first at Head Stomper, first at Northwest Majors 2018, second at Tori Yukin. A bison got first at Head Stomper. <laughs> Surprising. <laughs> well, it could have been Abigail. Like he plays both characters about 50-50. <laughs> so it's uh he really is like one of the rare 50-50 um uh, character players in the game. Um most people have like a main. Uh Problem X is really someone it just he splits time almost perfectly even with those two characters. Um but yeah, uh, we talk about it just so people know a little bit more context here, how rare it is to win any event at all on the Capcom Pro Tour it is a big deal even the ranking events it's a big deal to, to win one uh, Problem X has multiple number one victories under his belt um, so so far for here in September uh, I have him as my number one player um, I think he's the best it's kind of close here with my number two um, I, I think both players have a good case but but right now I put Benjamin as uh, the number one I do have Problem X on my list but I have him in as number four. Oh wow Evo win big deal um, and that propelled him up. And he'd been showing a lot of potential on the way to Evo. Um, but again, he wasn't winning premier events. He was doing really well. And I think he took a, a ranking event or two on the way. Um, and so it's like the promise was there. The Evo win was good. Um, but for me, Problem X has been a, a, an amazing player. Not the best player, um, but is now just getting into the conversation of is he the best? And and that's going to happen no matter what if you win Evo, right? And and, and you could argue that well, if you win, win Evo, you are the best because I mean that's that's the the most nuanced, and it's still not the most you know it's not extremely nuanced, but it's the most nuanced kind of measurement stick that we can have. Um, at least for the snapshot of, of right now. So that catapulted him up my list. And um, But I, I think that what it kind of comes down to more is how does he do at Capcom Cup coming up? How does he do a year out? Does he can is he maintain and does he continue to grow? Or has this just been a blip on the radar? I don't suspect it's a blip on the radar, but I need a little more consistency um, against up against the other competitors in the room, you know, for for best in the business from from Problem X. So he's showing a lot of promise. He's already in, in, and that might even be understating it. But I just need to see him do it for a little while longer before I'm comfortable saying that he's absolutely the best. Gotcha. So who do you have at your number one? Number one's hard. Um, uh, and, and that's that's interesting in and of itself because there have been times where you're like, well, Punk is number one. Well, Infiltration is number one. Well, Tokido is number one. There are a lot of names like that, and they kind of seem to take turns in that driver's seat. And so, um, I mean, just a little while ago, it would have been Tokido for sure. But we haven't seen him perform amazingly. 
you know, uh, in, in recent times. That said, I still give it to Tokido. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I know, like, I've even emphasized right now being, like, the, the you know, the, the window that we're talking about. Um, and Tokido hasn't hasn't been showing up like like he has in the past. And I think he's won three events this year um, on the Pro Tour. But then, you know, second place at Evo after a first place at Evo, after a second place at Capcom Cup. Um, and I think within the last, you know, I'll say like the last year or so um, of, of like kind of taking inventory of how these players have been performing, I think Tokido has been the most consistent and um, even though he's the, not winning at the moment, the most the f- consistent just got knocked out early at SCR. I will yes. remind you. Yeah. Yes, yes, absolutely. And that's what I'm saying. Like in, in recent times, like at Combo Break, he's, he's been struggling to make top eights. Although he's also, you know, if you go outside of the Pro Tour, he won at E League. Uh, yes. Things like this are going on. So it's like it's not just the Pro Tour that you would want to take into account. I think that essentially I'll put it like this Tokido's fire burns so bright. That even though it is not at full capacity, I'm not ready to say that the torch needs to be passed yet because um, I need, in similar vein to Problem X, like if he continues at this pace, he will be the best. If Tokido continues at this pace, he will not be the best. But it's going to take a little more consistent losing before I'm ready to completely dethrone Tokido. And that was not an easy decision to make, but I still think that pound for pound, uh, Tokido is still the guy to beat, um, but a loss or two more, and then it's pretty clear that he's going to fall the second, third, fourth place if he doesn't shape up soon. Right. So um, I'll, I'll just say that I actually have a note in here that says, like, if someone has Tokido over Problem X, I don't feel like it's a big deal. It's not even an upset. Like, it's very close between those two players, if you ask me right now. Um, and I'll just say that that Tokido won $150,000 uh, at E-League this year and that is the biggest tournament win of the year and anyone who doesn't like that can eat me um because mm-hmm. because Tokido has to cry himself to sleep on a bed of money each night you know kind of thing where he's just <laughs> like ah oh, damn I lost at SCR well I'm I still only have a hundred thousand dollars in my bank account you know kind of thing plus the other you know like forty thousand fifty thousand eighty thousand I'm winning randomly you know it's like yeah that's a, that's a pretty damn big deal um it's there's a recency bias in here for me where Tokido was losing at, at SoCal Regionals, uh, Esports Festival Hong Kong. He's been getting randomed out now. Uh, I don't know if he's, you know, saving it for Capcom Cup or kind of what's happening. That's the only reason I did not have him at number one. Um, I also knock him down for using Akuma. And I think that Akuma is either the number one or number two character in this game. A lot of people think he's number one. That's a perfectly fair statement. Um, Problem X is using Bison and Abigail. Those are two good characters, but they are nowhere. uh, People's top five almost never has those two characters in there. And yeah, so you're doing it with Akuma, but you're doing it with a damn cheap character. That's one of the cheapest characters of the game, if not the cheapest. Problem X is better than you on the simple fact that he is using characters that are not as good as your character. And that's the biggest factor that I have right now um, outside of recency bias for having Problem X over Tokido. It's like, look, like your placements are crazy good. First at E-League, first at NorCal Regionals, Tiger Uppercut, Battle Arena Melbourne. You won all those events. Major props. You got second at Evo, final round, TW Fighter Major. It's like, holy crap. Um, 
damn, is it really hard not to put Tokido at number one? But it's like, hey, you know what? You use a cheap-ass character. So cheap. Unbelievably <laughs> cheap. You can suck it and hold this number two placing for me for using such a cheap character. You deserve it in every way, shape, and form. So, <laughs> I have a little Fair salt towards, towards Akuma. But anyway, I, I will give a shout-out to uh, Echo Fox here. That is uh, Tokido's uh, sponsor. It's ran by Rick Fox, who's a former NBA player. Um, and again, it's just – it's a great – it's – the, the top fighting game community esports group right now, Echo Fox is, uh, for good reason. Uh, and then Tokido is representing that brand out there. So yeah, big shouts to them. So, um, so I got my number two there. Who's, who's number two on your list? So number two for me, again, this top three was difficult. This top three kind of cycled, um, and, and they each had their own, uh, basically argument for first place, second place or third place. Um, but what I ended up doing is, um, and I don't know that this will be popular opinion, uh, but my number two is actually Infiltration. Mm-hmm. And again, a player that we haven't seen a ton of. He didn't even go to SCR. And uh, I think the last big uh, performance that he had was at CEO. And <laughs> he was top eight, but half of that was was his uh, Val Venus impersonation is what we, we you know, <laughs> kind of remember from that. Uh, but again, Infiltration is still riding a wave of recent amazingness that we haven't seen either because he hasn't shown up physically or maybe a little bit hasn't shown up um, competitively to some of the the extremely recent events but he's the winner of <laughs> two evos in street fighter 5 that's something he busts out a new character every 10 minutes the mm-hmm. the ability that this player has within the realm specifically of street fighter 5 because i don't want to leak out and to say well you know someone like daigo for instance has such a storied past as a fighting game player he's the best it's like okay well that's a little bit too big for my that's that scope's a little bit too big for what i'm trying to get at here but again like tokido infiltration has so much um stocked up so much momentum and status stocked up in street fighter 5 with you know characters like manat that have come out um you know a little more recently um and and just his ability to bust out (laughs) any new character and go crazy with them and do really well with them um, plus all of the events that he's won uh, i still feel like as a street fighter 5 player he still has the edge over everyone except for tokido and it's not by a lot right but that's kind of where i'm coming from i, I want to throw out there too that that infiltration only plays in premier events and of course evo you know I'm, I'm including evo as a premier event even though on the cpt it's like it's its own thing um he's so damn good he's got 1600 cpt points which actually puts him at seventh right now on the capcom pro tour leaderboards uh this is only going to premier events like he's like i don't know i'm not even gonna bother with ranking you know it's Mm -hmm. like okay um so i actually have him here at number six on my list um this guy is ridiculous um but i i do penalize him for one playing monot and then two um just not traveling that much and and having some shaky showings actually his only first place win has been at final round this year on the capcom pro tour season that knocks him down quite a bit in my my eyes because we look at people with tokido and and problem x and they've gotten multiple first place finishes and that they're i think some of the only players that have that going on um their results are very very strong so mm-hmm. um he e-league was another shaky showing for him and i've already said e-league is a very big deal to me um it's just there's so much money on the line it's such a big deal um but when this guy does show up he usually makes it count 
Uh, no one is shocked when infiltration places are like very high up in tournaments. Uh, this guy is just so ridiculous. And as you mentioned, he'll randomly bust out like, okay, well, here's my jury. Here's Chun-Li. Um, the way this guy controls matches and the way he makes you deal with his deceptive movements, like he plays every character a similar way. And it's like he, he masks his movement. It just the stuff he does it's like dude like infiltration he has a unique style that no one else is able to replicate like he can and i give him such big props for just being such a unique and special player that gets high high level results um i'm wished yeah i wish he would travel more i wish he'd go to more events and stuff um that's kind of like why, why I've knocked him down on the list. Maybe saving it for Capcom Cup. Uh, maybe that's a phrase I'll be using a lot. But yeah. Uh, and lastly, I'll just quickly shout out here. Uh, Panda Global um, is a sponsor. Uh, they, they, they've they sponsored quite a few fighting game players over the years and whatnot. And a uh, good company. He had a great reveal where he like ripped off his shirt. Uh, he had like you know, the Panda Global like logo under there. And it kind of like ushered in kind of like a new era of uh, of cool fighting game reveals not just like you know doing a, a video up online it's like he's like oh no i'm gonna like do this reveal on stream and everyone could kind of check it out but uh but yeah so number six for me no way number two in my opinion you're stupid so yeah, okay I'll back at you Very good. <laughs> <laughs> um anyway I'll, I'll go ahead and go to my number three here uh and that would be fujimura uh, the artist, same Z's. Yeah, the artist, the formerly artist known, formerly known as Yukadon. Yeah, good. You know, I, I was like going it. with it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Fudo, and I'm not saying Fudo the player, but Fudo actually the the Street Fighter Five esports group. Um, I I don't know why they chose that name of all things, but it's yeah. Uh, Fudo is F U D O H. So yeah. Um, Anyway, he's part of that group. Uh, a handful of other players are. It's a pro Street Fighter V esports team just for Street Fighter V. Um, but whenever this guy loses, it's a surprise. Um, he's such a damn killer and seemingly invents combos on the fly with like all of his kunai combos and just like grabs and other stuff. It's like, well, I've never seen that combo before, I, ever. And you just like pulled it out mid-tournament and now you're doing it like three times in a row. It's like, damn, dude, like how? How, how are you doing that? Um but one of the more interesting things people may not know about Fujimura is that he actually lived or currently lives in an esports house in Japan. Uh, or he leaves, uh, it's with Mov, um, M-O-V, uh, which his name actually means Master of Vampires. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, take that how you will. But anyway, he lives in a house there with, uh, with a bunch of fighting game players. Not much is known about it this publicly uh, outside of Japan. But I just love the fact that he lives in a gamer house and he's like constantly playing and like it shows. You can completely see that this guy is just like a lab monster and just with the things that he's pulling out. Um, it's it's so impressive. Uh, he also, I give him big props for playing Ibuki uh, for the simple fact that we consider Ibuki like, you know, around a top five character, you know, top 10 at the very worst. A big reason we even consider her that good is because of Fujimura, uh, along with Sien as well. Like those are the two players that have basically put Ibuki on the map. Uh, I know Shine is doing some damage here, but I mean, those those two players are, are winning, you know, big time events, basically. Um, and and so, yeah, that's I I. I I put a lot of weight in terms of the character that people play. Uh, I think Ibuki is good, but when you put a character on the map where no one else is really using her at that level, a um, lot of props there. And then uh, some some results here for Fujimura are first place at CEO, Stunfest, and Fighter Spirit. He got second at VS Fighting, uh, Final Fight uh, Fighters China, fifth at EVO. Um, this guy is a damn beast. Uh, very, very, very good. Um, and so, uh, yeah. I think of Fujimura as as a specialist. 
um, obviously he's good enough in all categories to get where you're like, you don't get those kind of results by having anything lacking, but where he really shines. Um, and you started to get out this is like his conversion. He hits you from like anywhere on the screen and he finds a way to keep you in hit stun with a kunai or with a, you know, V trigger two or something and get over to you and then hit you into a combo um from from like virtually anywhere and it's amazing and you're not seeing almost anyone else do this with let alone like ibuki but any other character and he's so he's pioneered almost like um i don't want to say a new style in street fighter 5 but you know when it's fujimura playing ibuki mm-hmm. you know and then tap tack on all the 50 50s that she gets from from uh, her V-Trigger mix-ups and things like that, and, and that'll take the character far too. But he's capitalized on so much, and so much of Street Fighter V specifically is doing that and is making sure you dot I's and cross T's because of how punishing the game can be. I mean, you can be on the other side of that punishment and be the one doling it out, and he f- finds himself on that side of things so often, and it's not by any mistake. So you're right. The amount of time that he must spend is is very evident, and um, hats off to him. He hasn't like he's won a couple of premieres, and when he wins, oh my gosh, he just destroys. Right, like we we talked about when he won at Stunfest, and he, he took out like everyone and their mother, and it was like two zero, and it was just ridiculous. And um, but he doesn't. He as as not surprised as you might be to see Fujimura win a big event. You're also not that surprised to see Fujimura come in 33rd. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing that's kind of holding him back for me right now is that unlike Tokido and unlike Infiltration, this guy hasn't taken down Evo quite yet. He's shown promise, and I think it's if he sticks with it, it's only a matter of time. But at the same time, he can be very cold. As hot as he can be, he can be very cold. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and so that's why he doesn't quite, he hasn't quite built up enough stock to uh, to outweigh the the poor performances, if you will. And so, uh, but I mean, even having said that, third in the world still is is like that's really good. Yeah. And and the the fact that he has that, like he he you know I, you can you can articulate and, and visualize and see exactly where he needs to get better. And in, in as far as his like placings and the once he does that, then you're talking about number one for sure. It's like this guy is poised and prime and ready to strike. He just hasn't struck enough or hard enough yet for me to put him above those other two. Right, right. In, in earlier 2018, I think both you and I had him as our number one player. And the day that he won Stunfest, I'm yeah. like, this is the best player in the world today. Yes. But we'll see what happens if it happens tomorrow. And it didn't. And then yes. it happened again like a month or two later. And then it didn't. Yes. And so that's what I'm talking about with the hot and cold. Yeah, exactly. And I again, I just feel like his accomplishments are just a, a step or two back from where Problem X and Tokido are right now. Uh, very good in their own right, but uh, the amazing placements just aren't there uh, as as high as those other two players. So uh, moving right along, I've got number four. I've got the actual Fudo here, uh, the Armika player. Uh, he is sponsored by Psy Games, which is a, a Japanese video game development studio uh, who also sponsors like Piro Balrog, Chris T, and of course, some player you may have heard of, Daigo Umahara. But yeah, if you've never heard of him, I got it. I got it. But yeah, anyway, uh, Armika player, um, this scores gigantic points with me. Um, Armika is pretty decent in this game 
but she's almost never mentioned as a top five character. I don't know if anyone's got her as a top five character. And there's probably someone out there, Scrub Boy 15's like, hey, I've definitely got you know Armika up there. But it's like almost no one puts that character up there on the high end of things. And you've got Luffy and you've got um, Fudo and then you've got, you know, um, uh, Knuckle Doo playing, you know, the character. She's definitely good, but she's not great or like she's not top, top tier. And so mm-hmm. you do this kind of damage with that character. I go, holy crap. You are something special here. Um, but now his results here, there's not many first place finishes here. Uh, he just got the the eSports Festival Hong Kong as first place, which is great. Uh, I believe we did a write-up about that. Like, he's no longer, you know, the bridesmaid. He's finally the bride, you know, type thing. Uh, that's mm-hmm. great. He got that. Um, but he does get second place a decent bit. Sorry, I know it's a meme, but yeah, uh, he got second place at the Saigon Cup, uh, Fighter Spirit, and then he got third at Evo. Uh, another nice accomplishment. So... To me, Fudo is always a threat to do massive damage at any tournament, but he's definitely not the most consistent of, of the bunch. So I, I've got him at number four. Again, heavy, heavy factor of Armika. Look, you, if you're able to get results with a character that just is not that cheap and dirty, she has her times, but she's not as cheap or dirty as like a Kami or an Akuma. I just have to give you props for that. Mm-hmm. And you know my number four is Problem X. Yes. Do you have Fudo on your list, though? I do have food on my list, um, but I have him in at number six, right. and I agree pretty much with everything that you said there in terms of un- undisputed that this guy is a great player and that he has the potential. Um, he's won Evo in other games, and he's gotten second at Evo, and he's been right there, uh, but just hasn't been able to quite close things out a lot of the time. Um plays a character that I'm not a huge fan of, uh, but I, I gotta, you know, take my hat off to that there's not a ton of people that can make her work um, like him, and I think that he's even better than Luffy uh, when you talk about, like, best Mikas in the world. But, uh, yeah, it's just, like, it really does come down to... There's no there's no question how good he is or that he is good, but it's, like, how many times has he won? And it's, like, he's got one premiere event, and that was, like, a... Whew, whew, finally, and people kind of, like... You know, I expect Fudo to win a little more than he has been. So, interesting. Um, but, yeah, I think you, you pretty much nailed it all. Uh, anything that I would contribute there uh, that, you know, he's a great player, uh, but just hasn't had the consistency in the results and doesn't quite have enough Street Fighter Five clout to boost him up even in a time of drought. Gotcha. So, that's why I got him here at, uh, at where I have him. Okay. So, I've got at number five, I've got Sacco. Um, uh, Sakonoko is sponsored by FAV Gaming, which actually stands for Fun and Victory. Uh, FAV, <laughs> uh, they're a Japanese esports team. Um, and so if you look at the Event Hub's front page, uh, there is a good chance that if you look back through the last few days of news, you may see a Sako Minot combo up there. Uh, that is this guy's like kind of crowning achievement in Street Fighter V so far. Uh, and pretty much any fighting game he plays is like, uh, it's the Sako combo, you know, um, I mentioned earlier, this guy makes Monat's V-Trigger 1 look broken and needs a nerf. I'm a Monat main. That's a big statement coming from me, and I did not want to own up to that. Like, uh, a Majin Tension Hand and, and Raptor here were saying that, uh, that that it needs to be three bars. And I'm like, no, nah. I'm like, you're going to completely, you know, tweak the character. And then I watched uh, Sako at SCR, and I'm like, make that freaking thing three bars, like, right now. <laughs> like, get rid of it. I, have, I am like, oh, my God. Like, this guy is amazing. Um, so, yeah, uh, first at, at SoCal Region, 
Originals, first at TW Fighter Major. Um, he's been coming on very hot in recent times, uh, second at Tiger Uppercut, fourth at CEO. Uh, the inconsistent placements for me did hurt him, uh, He's he's but he's coming on strong like basically right now. Um, and I do, much like other people, I'll knock him down here a little bit for using Monat. Uh, the third or fourth best overall character in the game. Um, that's why I put him below Fudo. Uh, his chemistry, though, with Monat is really starting to show. Um, Dream King is kind of infamous for saying, like, hey, yeah, you may have Monat like third or fourth on your list, like right now in terms of overall character strength, but when you tap into how good this character truly is, you might put her up at number one. And I disagreed with him until I started watching more Sako. And I'm like, you son of a, like, I. Kind of, I'm starting to agree with more people now about how good Monat is. Uh, but again, it's taking Sako to put the character up there where it's like, holy crap, like, I can't believe you're doing this kind of stuff with him. Like, you are just making this character look broken. Like, just mm-hmm. stupid good. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I Sako's rating here, like, I could easily see him winning Capcom Cup. Like, he goes in and he even dominates, like, kind of all the way through and wins Capcom Cup. I'd be like, okay, yeah, I'm not even shocked. I, I, I he, You're that good right now. Um, at the same time, I think people will kind of download more of, of Manat's issues um, and kind of adjust to what Sako's doing because he's pioneering a lot of new tech right now and putting that out there in the community. And I think once people like kind of see the setups and see other things, like it's like, okay, it's really good, but it you know there are counters out there. So I do have Sako on my list, but um, I, I also have a... I don't know if I should venture out to where I put him or I should say oh, yeah, my go for it. Yeah. fifth place. Um, okay, so uh, well, we know that my sixth place is Fudo. Um, Sako is, is on my list. I have him at... Uh, seventh place. Okay. I, I wouldn't be upset flipping those two, Fudo and Sako. Um, Sako wasn't in the conversation until recently. He had a really good run at CEO, and then, of course, um, winning SCR, he's kind of like the guy right now. Like, the most immediately, like, he's won the big tournament, so you have to give him that. Um, again, it's it's more of a question of consistency. We haven't seen Sako show up in Street Fighter V to the degree that others have and to the degree, the degree that he has in previous Street Fighters. That said, he's coming out of his shell. I just need more consistency. But his spot, uh, being at seventh place, could very easily rise. He's ready to overtake Fudo, um, and he's ready to keep going up the, the ladder. I just need to see more consistency out of him. But given how rough it's been for him in Street Fighter V thus far, if he falls off right now, I wouldn't be all that surprised. If he continues doing well, I wouldn't be all that surprised. But um, yeah, until until we change it to, I would be surprised if Sako doesn't win. I can't really put him any higher than than where I have him right now. But I'll jump back to my number five picks. So we can fill that spot in. Mm-hmm. And for number five, I have Knuckle Dew. Oh. Dew has not been as good recently. Uh, he's another one of these where I'm kind of like holding on to their their previously established Street Fighter Five clout, but. He has so much, and and I for the longest time I I always was surprised to see Knuckle Dew's name in top eight. Much longer, um, much later than and it was for everybody else. People were like, yeah, Dew's probably gonna win this tournament. I was like, I'm not even imagining we'll see Dew in top eight. And he consistently surprised me with his results to the point where I'm like, this guy just sees the game. He sees the code better than so many people, especially at such a young age and his abilities here. Um, it, it's it's consistently surprised me to the to the point where i'm like okay maybe part of me just uh, i don't know why but didn't want to believe in knuckle do i don't know what it was 
but I've been just been absolutely brute forced into uh, believing in this kid. And so he hasn't had an amazing time. Previously, he was in the conversation for being the absolute best in the business and shakier results this year. I mean, he's still doing pretty damn good, but shakier results this year has dropped him down from like a one, two or three to, you know, a fifth place. And he's on the precipice of falling further if he doesn't get his act together. But that said, it's like if Knuckledoo turns around and wins Capcom Cup, would that be surprising to you? Yes. No, I mean, yeah, I, um, I, I still think it's very, very possible. I've been yeah. surprised too many times by Knuckledoo to be like, well, that's crazy. And he plays Guile um, along with Cammy and Mika. It's like, you know, he's, he's got, he has all the tools to make it happen. And Knuckledoo beating anyone is not crazy. Yeah. I, I am actually a huge Knuckledoo fan. Uh, he's one of my favorite players around. Um, I think he's just playing way too damn much Fortnite and not focusing <laughs> enough on things. And it's a little bit of his persona, I will say. Like he, uh, I think it was one of the Capcom Cups like a couple years ago um, uh, where he's like, yeah, I haven't even practiced. Like I've been on vacation for the last couple months. I was like, let's see how I do. And he won like three or four matches at Capcom Cup and, and did fine. And it's like, I, I get that's kind of like how he jokes about stuff. At the same time, I'm seeing a... A lack of polish and focus in this game, and I actually don't even have him on my top ten list. I, I don't. Yeah, him. I don't. I I think uh, he just barely cracked top eight uh, uh, recently. Um, he's really struggling. Like I I honestly think he's fallen off like considerably from where he was from winning Capcom Cup a couple years ago. Um, and, and he's just gotten progressively worse. And I'm like, okay, like I don't know where to really like kind of rank you at anymore. He's probably be in my top twenty, um, or top twenty five somewhere around there. Um, but I'm kind of disappointed by him, like in terms of like how um how he's been placing and other stuff. Like he's a threat to win a tournament, but I I don't has he even won a tournament so far in 2018. Um, yeah. He won one recently where he was like, um, and I'm so happy, like I can finally, uh, you know, I, I jumped off Fortnite and I'm able to jump back into all of this and oh, such. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay. I can, but he has won one. Uh, but yeah, you're right. And like I say, he's he's on the precipice and in danger of falling farther down the list and falling quickly if he doesn't get his act together. But I'm I've just I've counted Knuckledew out too many times before, and uh, so I, I'm I can't do it yet. And again, like. If Fudo beats Tokido or Fudo beats Infiltration, it's like, to me, that's, I, I wouldn't say it's an upset, but I'm definitely thinking the, one of those other guys is going to win the match. Fujimura, same thing. Mm-hmm. But if Knuckledoo does it, I'm like, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Mm. And um, and I still feel like Knuckledoo's one of, if not the best in, in America. Um, I, I might be, you know, well, you know, you have you have a few others that are definitely in, in competition there. But yeah, the guy's just been, he's proven it to me too many times before. Um, He won, he got first at Defend the North. There it is. And then uh, he had second at Texas Showdown, third at Toriyukin, second at DreamHack Montreal, third at Summer Jam. But yeah, SoCal Regionals, 33rd. Evo, 97th. Yeah, Defend the North was a ranking event, I believe. And uh, yeah, it's why I'm... It's, was it registering yes, it was. for me? It's it's funny that you have the opposite end of, of the problem that I have. You have counted out Knuckledoo too many times and and you know been disappointed by that. And, all right, and mm-hmm. so you know he's defied that that expectation for you. I've counted Knuckledoo in too many times and he's disappointed <laughs> me. So yeah. we're coming at it from two different perspectives here. But uh, but yeah, that's why I don't have. Him I in guess here. 
Another way of saying it is I'm not sure the era of Knuckledew is over yet, and I'm oh, not yeah. willing I to say either. take my yeah. money away from – well, the era of Knuckledew is one of the absolute best. He hasn't been doing great. He's in a lull, but I'm not sure that that means that the era is over, yeah. if that makes sense. I, I, I wouldn't be shocked to see him bounce back at some point, but I would be shocked to see him bounce back here in 2018. Um, I mean, we're, we're pretty close to Capcom Cup. And if he comes in and like has like a, a top four placement at Capcom Cup, I'd be like, wow, okay, I did not see that coming. Like, I I didn't think you had that in you. You know, um, mm-hmm. I just, the consistency and the way he played, he was so sharp two years ago. And even up to like, you know, about um, right before Capcom Cup, he went on that brilliant run where he was winning a bunch of events. And I mean, he had so much consistency at that point in time. I just don't see it anymore with him. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what happens. You know, I, I think it might be Fortnite, to be honest. But again, he's such a, he's such a chill dude and he's such a nice person. Like, um. I don't like giving him crap at all. It's still one of my absolute favorite players. Uh, it's just like, yeah. But anyway, we'll move right along. Uh, we had, uh, I had Infiltration at six. You had Fudo at six. Um, so I've got, and this one pains me to to say, uh, I've got NL, the Cami player, at number seven. Uh, UIU. Mm. Uh, th- this is a group founded in early 2017. It's a FGC esports group, um, and you can see them all up in like Tekken and a bunch of other games. Like they're really good at esports group. But Cami uh, is my number one character in the game. I think she's so freaking amazing and easy to play. Um, but when I was looking over NL's results, I'm like, you know what, you son of a gun! Like I have to give you prop for this. Um, uh, he got first at Combo Breaker, first at Saigon Cup, um, second at Esports uh, Festival Hong Kong, uh, third at Versus Fighting, and then fifth at TW Major and Stunfest. And it's like, damn, I'm like, those placements are so good. And I know that the players you had to face to get those were, were really a big accomplishment. And so, yeah, a lot of stock and character usage. Um, the results alone, I probably could have had him up even a few more slots. Um, but it's just like, Damn it, you play Cammy. <laughs> and, and then, mm-hmm. you know, he's had some shaky, you know, finishes too. Like he got 97th at Evo. That's a pretty bad placement for, you know, someone in my top 10. Um, like at a huge tournament, you only get 97th. It's like, yeah. So um, anyway, do you have NL on your placements at all? I don't. And the reason for that is not to deny that NL's had a great year thus far. Although not so much recently. Um, a better at, at the, the beginning of the year, it feels like to me, more close to, you know, uh, what did he win? Like combo breaker, was it? Yeah, combo breaker. Well, so that's kind of mid year, um, but it's been a little bit since we've seen him, and I and NL doesn't have much of a legacy to go off of um, before this. Mm-hmm. So it's all like as far as my data for NL goes, it's just all more recent, and it was good, but it wasn't consistent, and, and he doesn't have like a legacy to go off of to say, well, he'll probably come back. So um, the jury's kind of out on him. There's potential there, but it's not as big potential, as big of potential as some other people that I know more about. And I would just have to see more consistent wins and he'd have to force himself into like onto my radar, gotcha. uh, in order to, to clinch a top 10 spot. But, um, I mean, he's, he's shown that he's a very strong player and he's shown that he plays cami. So, Hey, not a bad bet at any time. Right. <laughs> uh, so just to finish up here then with NL, um, I think he's a very good player. But I think he's helped a ton terribly by just this ridiculous character in this game. And ridiculous being relative to Street Fighter V Season 3.5 here. Um, it's, you know, uh, 
number one character, too easy to play, um, in my opinion. Um, so if he comes back in 2019 and he does this with a character who may not be the overall best in the game, like I would bump him up on my list for that fact alone. Like it's like okay, mm-hmm. hey, you know, if if you can come back and replicate these results, it clearly clearly was not just the character that was powering you through this. Like you are doing this now based on a lot on your skill set, uh, and we see players fall off all the time that are propped up by a very good character. Um, I'm not going to name names here and put them on blast and whatnot, but you will see characters or players, I should say, rise up through the uh, proverbial tears in the, the fighting game community and do very, very well when their character gets buffed to a point because that character fits their play style and approach and all that kind of stuff. And then that character gets nerfed and all of a sudden they're like, oh yeah, they aren't that good anymore. And it's like, okay, you are being carried a good bit by the character here. Um, I, and I, I'm sorry to say it to NL because I think he's a good player. I just, I don't have him that far up there that I think he's being carried a good bit by Cami. And he's yeah. got to prove himself in more instances and in different circumstances before you say, okay, that's a strong player. I think what you're getting at is, He's got immediate results that are pretty good, but he's also kind of got a handicap, and and so we're gonna have to see what happens when one, if he can maintain that with the handicap, and what he what happens when that's not quite there for him right. um, to assess him as a player. Uh, snapshot, like yeah, he's great. He's playing Cami in Street Fighter Five, and he knows what he's doing. So there's that. But like, we'll just need a little more data on him before we can like make that kind of a call to say that you know he he'd be in contention for something higher up. Sako's your number seven, so uh, who do you have at number eight? It's, it's no secret that I'm a, a Daigo fan, and I'm not saying he's my number eight. I'm just saying that it's hard to continue to bump Daigo down the list because of who he is as a player. But then you have to look at results, and um, so it's like we're getting close to the end of the top ten here, and we haven't said Daigo yet. And uh, it's uh, he's, he's somewhere around there, but I'm 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 trying to look at these other players and go. Well, is there someone that I, I honestly have to put above him? And uh, to answer that, I go for uh, to my number eight. I say uh, Xiao Hai. Mm. And the reason for that is we haven't seen a ton of Xiao Hai, but he is an established player. He's shown that he has the ability to win at fighting games because he does it everywhere. And then when he does show up to a to a tournament, he goes to a premiere and he gets first or second, or, or I don't know if he's won one, but he's like, you know, second place, third place. And it's like, you've been gone and then you just come in like at your leisure and you're still able to do this. Like you're still able to be such a damn force. Again, Cammy, so he's got that going for him. But hey, I mean, everyone goes to the same character select screen. Yep. And, uh, and so just based on the way that it almost feels like he's nonchalant. He's like, I came here for the KOF side tournament, but hey, I guess I'll play Street Fighter. And oh, by the way, second place at a premiere event, you know? And it's like, dude, you can't do that without being amazing. And I don't know how much he actually does spend time playing five and how much he he really focuses on it. But the guy's just like, to do what he's been doing in such like a, a seemingly cavalier way, I have to put him on the list. And so I figured put him at number eight. Gotcha. I actually do not have Zhao Hai on my list at all. Um, I look at him and I go, you know what? Like you're carried by Cami again, um, and uh, your results kind of suck, to be honest. Like I, I see, like in recent times, he's done pretty good. But Final Fighters China, that 17th uh, esports Hong Kong festival, he's out of um, he's out of the top eight. He's at ninth. Um, Evo 17th, TW Fighter Major 17th, like. He's had some placements like he did good at CEO. He did good at uh, Abigail Cup. Um, 
but combo breaker 25th like i just i look at his results and i go nah I'm like, dude, you're not that good. Like, I, I honestly think he's being very heavily carried by Cammy and his reactions. And I don't think he's put in the work that the other players have. And so I just completely dropped him off uh, my list. I'm like, you know what, dude? Like, get good. Seriously, like, I, again, I have a heavy bias against Cammy. I think that's well established and whatnot. But I'm just like, I, mm-hmm. I look at this guy and I go, you know what? There are, there are much better players in the top 10, uh, in my opinion, than you. Um, and, and let's see you bring it consistently, uh, and, and other stuff. And I, again, he's a very good player. I probably have him in my top 20, top 25, somewhere around there. But, uh, for my top 10, I'm just like, dude, like you need to, you need to have more consistent results and play a character that's not as cheap and completely dirty and unbelievable as Cammy. Um, (laughs) but, uh, but yeah, but I do have, uh, Justin Wong here. (laughs) I already, uh, yes, another Minot player. Uh, I've got a few of those on my list here. Um, and I look at Justin Wong here, and the reason I've got him at number eight is I look at the perfect marriage of character and player. And Justin has taken Minot, which is unlike pretty much any other person that plays this this character, and he lives off of freaking jabs. Like, jabs like that do 30 damage, 40 damage, or whatever, and he's poking you out with them, and he's, like, hitting you with one, and then he's running away. And I'm like, What? I'm like, that does not work. Like, especially in a game with Street like Street Fighter V where you're able to do 400, 500 damage on like a jump in or a V-trigger combo or whatever, he's able to make a jab highly, highly, highly functional. And I'm like, dude, what? Like, how are you doing this? And he'll sometimes frustrate even the best of players and keep them out for an entire round and win via a time over. And I'm like, dude, you just timed out Tokido. How did you time out Tokido of all players? You can't do that. That's impossible. Literally, if you would have bet me money that it was possible to to time out Tokido and beat him, I'd be like, no, you can't do it. Like, I don't care who you are. You can't do it. Yet, especially uh, uh, making this very specifically to Street Fighter V. You just can't play that way. And Justin defies all logic in this game. I'm like, dude, what the hell? How are you doing this? I don't understand how you can keep up that much mental fortitude to do this. And again, he's just found that magical character, Monat. He tried Karen. He's tried other characters. And like, for some reason, this just clicks with it. And I just, I'm mind blown by this guy. And it's like, dude, like, how? <laughs> how? Um, but yeah, uh, so just to, to recap some of his results here. Um, first at DreamHack Montreal. First at DreamHack Austin. First at Toryukin. Um, he got second and fourth place at Northwest Majors and VS Fighting, respectively. Um, his results are not amazing, but you know, a handful of first place finishes um, that carries a lot of weight with me. Um, they're not consistently amazing, but they're consistently very good. His results are so this guy has taken so many killers down in a tournament um, and just made them play a different game than what you'd expect them to be able to do. Uh, his matches take ten minutes per round. I don't even know if that's even possible to do, but Justin somehow finds a way to like extend the timer out, you know, kind of thing. I it just it's like, dude, like, how are you doing this kind of thing? Like, and it's just so again, it's it's taking a style and a style that should not work in Street Fighter Five. Everything we know about this game is like it's not lame. You can't play lame, and he's somehow making it work and getting results that are very respectable. It's like, okay, dude, like, I got to take my hat off to you, and that's why I have him at number eight. Um, do you have uh, Jay Wong on your list? I have him at number nine. Oh, there you and go. Um, Justin, I know that he's had a legacy from before I was looking at fighting games in a lot of the older games, and he was, I think, better at those games. And then you know, even more in the Marvel 
side of things, being, you know, really good at Marvel 2 and um, as good as he was at Marvel 3 and such. And as far as Street Fighter goes, my experiences and other games too, Justin will be really good early on and then he will taper off and he'll usually settle in like the bottom of the high tiers. So like he'll be, or like he'll be A tier and he'll always be A tier, but he won't be S tier, stuff like that. Where he can he can do it, but um, yeah, he's not going to be winning Evo in Street Fighter. He's not going to be winning Capcom Cup. I mean, he has like a history of going 0-2 at Capcom Cup, things like that. So he'll get to the dance, and then he'll be out the door pretty quickly. In recent times, Justin has been doing better than that. He's been winning with Monat. He's been, like you said, making things happen that you'd think, well, that's especially playing lame. Because, like, you have a, a handful of Monats, but they're not all playing lame like Justin is. He's, like, 100% going into that, like, stay back and frustrate you kind of thing. And it's working for him. So he's making something work in Street Fighter V that isn't, like you said, supposed to work. And based just on recent results, and you just listed them all off, it's like I have to give him a little more credit than I would traditionally. And that puts him up to number nine on my list. Nice. Uh, so speaking of my number nine, I've got Daigo Umahara there, and he is uh, also sponsored by CYG. Uh, Justin Wong is sponsored by Fox, so we didn't mention that. Uh, Echo Fox um, and CYG, and then like five other sponsors, which we never list because it gets kind of ridiculous. <laughs> mm-hmm. And like your your sponsor list is longer than your actual name, and it's like okay, Daigo and Hunt yeah. Junior. Yeah, <laughs> um, got like a whole race car filled with sponsors. There you go. Um, so the reason I've got Daigo at number nine is he only. Um, his results are very impressive despite only attending premier events. And if you look down his, his results, it's like he's got all these points by not even going to ranking events. And it's like, he's number 10 right now overall on the CPT leaderboards. And I'm like, damn, that's good. Um, and it's just, it's Daigo. It's like, you just can never count this guy out. Like no matter who he's playing against, it's like never kind of a shock if he beats them. It's, it's uh, like to me at least. And, and so, yeah, but what trips me up mo- the most for Daigo and why I have him clear down here at number nine is his lack of first place finishes. He only has one and that's VS fighting. Um, and so he got second at NCR, fourth at Stunfest, ninth at CEO. He's got some good placements. Um, this is kind of a legacy vote here for me because again, it, it, it does go back to the like, well, it's you- hard to divorce Daigo from his history. Yeah. Yes, you know? yes. And, and, and it's just, he's so damn good. And it's just like, oh, well, he just beat Fujimura. He just beat Fudo. He just beat, like, Infiltration. It's like, well, it's Daigo. Like, yeah, you know, like, of course he did, you know, type thing. And and that's, man, it's hard to say, but it just, man, the lack of results are really profound with this guy. And, and again, I get it. Like, he doesn't want to travel to that many events and all that kind of stuff. But it's like, dude, like, your results on the, aren't that good. Like, there's a good case, like, you shouldn't even be ninth or even in someone's top ten. Um because of just like how lacking uh, like your your production has been here in 2018. So, um, yeah. So is he is he better than Kaba? Uh, I th- there's there's a case to be made that Kaba is better than him right now, actually. Um, mm-hmm. And and so I this is a legacy vote on my part. Um, it's it's not entirely fair to Kaba. Um, and I get the I get the reasoning there, but I do have him above Kaba on my list. Um, but that could be changing here fairly soon. Kaba is definitely a rising star right now in the FGC, and I've got to give him some props. Yeah, for me, Kaba is also just a player that just needs to stay doing what he's doing and continue to grow in the way he will, in the way he has been. If he does that, then absolutely he's in that conversation, but he needs more time um, at this level before I can give that to him over other people. Yes, exactly. So Daigo's your number nine. Who's your number 10? Uh, I want to save that one for last, so I'll have you go. <laughs> I want Fair to build enough. some drama here with this one because it's a, it's a uh, surprise pick I think for a lot of people. 
So. Okay. Um, well, then uh, I'll just I'll just flat out say that um, you know I brought up Dago earlier and I put him in at number ten. I won't be um, upset if someone says that's wrong. Um, I get it. Uh, he's still Daigo, and he's still the fighting game player that that he is shown to be. He's got decent results over the uh, over the course of Street Fighter Five. Not amazing, um, and and like you said, premieres only, and he's still doing this well. And he's got the damn name Daigo Umehara. It's hard to overcome that. So there are some rising stars like Kaba. <laughs> rise kaba uh and um and such and and i and i would absolutely listen and perhaps be swayed by someone that has a really good argument to keep daigo out of the top 10 but it's damn hard to kick him out of the top 10 just because of you know he he starts he starts with a handicap in his favor just because of his, his legacy and such and um and and like everyone's even if he's having like a really hard time here and there everyone's still like yeah but he could win tomorrow because of who he is you know so it's like yeah, I get it. There's a little bit of a like a nostalgic fanboyish emotional attachment um, that goes or an emotional aspect that goes into putting Daigo onto a list like this. Um, and so, yeah, that's where I come from. But he he clocked in it and just barely getting in there at number ten. All right, and so at number ten, I have probably the biggest surprise for most anyone. I'm out gonna there. can I can I guess Go it before it. you say it? Okay, I'm gonna say punk. Yep. 100%. You son of a gun. Yeah, uh, and this is Punk. I want to be very careful using Karen. The moment he picks Cammy, I'm not even sure I have him in the top 50 players, let alone the top 10. He is that bad with Cammy. He should be <laughs> banned from every tournament that he attends from selecting Cammy. Like, literally, if he, like, even hovers over Cammy, like, someone should unplug his controller. He, he goes wireless. But someone should unplug his controller <laughs> like they're plugged in and say, you can't play her. Sorry, dude. You are banned from playing that character. You are the worst, best Cammy player around never touch her you know kind of thing like you are not allowed to play her but yeah anyway um his Karen is unbelievable when he plays her uh he is maybe and I'm not even joking about this maybe the best player around right now when he plays Karen he is so special he ran through Fujimura like he was nothing when he was playing Karen against him at SCR like but he, he lost to Bonchan in the mirror match and lost to Bonchan in the mirror match and that's fine like that Bonchan is a very special player uh, it was still competitive it was still very close mirror matches as we both know are a very kind of unique specimen type thing where it's you can kind of get blown up in those a little bit but yeah very good point um it's just he's been dabbling with Cammy, like and maybe dabbling is the wrong word. Like he's been trying to main her, and it's like, dude, you are so bad with Cammy. Like, just I literally want to like poke my eyes out when I'm watching her Cammy play. It's so bad. It is horrible. So anyway, um, this guy just when he's on his game, um, he's just that good. That's how come I had to put him in my top ten list. This is not based on results. It's not based on anything like extra heavy. It's just like you are so damn skilled. Um, and, uh, just to, to list some results here, he did get first at Summer Jam. Hey, props there. Fifth at DreamHack Austin, uh, seventh at SCR, which we were just talking about in Texas Showdown, and then ninth at DreamHack Montreal. His results are, you know, they're there. They're not horrible. They're just, yeah. Um, and I will say that without his 2017 run, where he was the best player around, mm -hmm. um, there's no way he gets his placement for me. Uh, but there, 
there are times now where I see him using Karen and I go, holy crap, dude, you look like the punk from last year. You look like the player that was just completely out of control to the point where no one wants to play you and no one can stop you consistently. Um, and it's just, wow, you know, type thing. So, um, I might be placing him too high, you know, um, I, I can say that I also wouldn't be shocked if this guy uh, goes on an amazing run for the rest of 2018 and, and totally justify this pla this placement. I also wouldn't be shocked if uh, this is a blip in the radar and he just looked really good for a short period of time while playing Karen and, you know, I'm like completely out, out, out of my you know mind. Uh, that does happen. Uh, I sometimes get caught up in the moment here, recency bias and all that kind of stuff. But um, but yeah, so that's that why fire I, burned right in 2017 it might come back but it would have to very clearly and and for a, a you know a sustained period of time come back before i would put punk back into this conversation so i absolutely see where you're coming from but um i need more out of him more recently before i'm willing like if he were if he were to win or even take second place at scr yeah i might i might put him up there but for the time being he's gotta he's gotta revisit that that uh 20 early 2017 punk with some consistency before I'm I'm willing to to uh, to say that, but uh, we're we're kind of over time here. So, oh. but I want to just ask a few more quick questions, yep. a little rapid fire, yep. lightning um, round. Let's do it. Yeah, I want yes. to do the same thing. So, okay, right. uh, let's see if we're going the same place. Mm -hmm. Yeah, honorable mentions for me that are knocking on the door of top eight or top ten if they keep going the way they're going. Kaba, uh, Bonchan, and uh, I think that was everybody that I had. Yeah, and like Punk could do it. Momochi maybe a little bit. Um, and yeah, those those are the only guys that you know are, are really on my my list. Um, you got people like Oil King and NL who I think um, they I, I just need more out of them before I can make that call. But I wanted to ask you, reigning Capcom Cup champion Matt RD, <laughs> where do you stick them? And you don't have to give a specific placement. Just say top. Um. 15 top 25 top 300 wherever you think right it so this is painful for me because meta rd is one of my favorite players i predicted that he would win capcom cup last year uh we're doing all of our predictions and this was when he got top eight like i'm just like the way this guy is playing like he's going to win um i i love his birdie i think he he has a very special usage with the character just quite simply his results have not been there uh he called out hey i'm gonna win evo um, his flight got delayed. He had a bunch of travel issues. He barely got there. And he ended up getting, you know, like ninth place. Um, that's all fine. But like his results have just not been there. And I'm like, I can't include you in here. Um, I would I would definitely have him in the top 20. Uh, I want to include him about as bad as I possibly can. Uh, he'd probably get in the top 15 with me somewhere. Um, again, one of my absolute favorite players. Uh, but yeah, where would you have been at RD? Rating cap uh, top twenty, top twenty-five, okay. somewhere around there. Yeah, yeah. Your your hate of birdie is well documented. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah. I do want to do a few other blowups here. Uh, we both did not have Oil King in the top ten, even though he's number eight overall in the CPT leaderboards. And I'll say, yeah. Uh, guess what? You play Rashid. Uh, you play Rashid. Yep. You did super well with Rashid in the beginning of the season. Yep. Where is it now? It's yep. there, but it's 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 very much going with the result or with the changes to the character, which tells me you're riding that that turbulent wind more than you're <laughs> just being a great player. So that's yeah. kind of where I stand with Oil King. And Oil King's really good. He he did get first at Final Fighters China. That's a premier event. Hey, props to him. But I'm kind of of the same mind as you, where it's like, hey, yeah, you were playing a really dirty character, um, and you rode that out. Uh, you're not getting my top ten for that. You know, again, I'm again, I'm hardcore. If you if you play a cheap ass character, I'm gonna call you out for it. So, um, so we've already talked about Kaba. I want to mention Phenom here because he got second at um, 
at E-League last year, and he's a Nikali player, so near and dear to your heart. Like, where would you put Phenom at? Phenom's up there. I'd say Phenom's top 20 or maybe 15, but definitely top 20. Uh, the character's hard to be consistent with, um, and he's been more consistent than anybody else, and he's stuck with it. <clears throat> Haitani. And so, uh, so yeah, I, I've I got to take my hat off to Phenom's ability to read other players and and make Nikali work the way that he does. And I'd be interesting uh, interested to see if he were to switch over to like someone that's going to be more consistent in general as a character, how he would do. But he's shown that he is very good at reading your opponent and offensively reading your opponent, I should say specifically. Mm-hmm. And so uh, he's definitely up there. He's definitely a strong player, but just not quite top ten. Gotcha. Gotcha. And so for my own uh, yeah, dishonorable or honorable mentions here, I'll mention Bonchan. I wanted to include him so bad in my top 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, He's am, right there. He might be. Yeah. He might be, but he yeah. he needs to do a little more first. I might have had him like right at 11 or something like that. Bonchan is one of my absolute favorite players. Uh, him, like Sako, and a handful of others. Like I, He's just such an amazing footsie player. Like just wanted to include him so bad. It's like, but go play Sagat. Just play Sagat and forget about everyone else on the roster. Play him. Um, and then like when he, Sagat has a bad matchup, like bust out Karen or Nash then or something like that. Like that's what you can do. And then I'll, I'll throw out Luffy as well. Um, he deserves a lot of props for playing uh, Rainbow Mika. Uh, even though I hate the character, like I again have to give people props for, for finding good results with that person. Right on. Um, okay, well, we've gone on for quite a while here, but again, please head over to our story that's uh, our poll that's live right now, and you can go and you can put your own vote in here. Let us know what you think of your top ten. I've had fun going through this, and I think we could do this again in maybe uh, you know six months to a year's time and see where things have shuffled about. But uh... if you guys disagree with my list, you can find me at Velociraptor on Twitter and hit me up there. And yeah, uh, yeah. is a one. <laughs> um, and you know, just say how bad I suck. And my cell phone number is five five five. No, anyway, <laughs> um, but no, I, we had a lot of fun putting this together. Um, and again, just go out there um, and, and put your own votes out. That's like it's a whole point of this stuff is you know have good discussions about it. Um, it's it's fun to put the stuff out there, but we don't know you know in the long run, and and that's why it's fun to discuss and see what things we can unpack. Um, hopefully, as John and I are talking you guys are able to understand some of our reasoning here and see some things that maybe you did not see before and go, Oh wow. Like that's a really good point. Like I, I'd probably bump, you know, player X a little bit further up my list, you know, type thing. So, um, so yeah, uh, get out there, go have fun with this stuff. And thank you guys so much for listening to the pod. We've been uh, pulling in like some numbers here, uh, like checking Spotify, all that kind of places. Like we're seeing some really cool things and we're actually going to be having a contest here in the very near future for our listeners who are leaving us reviews. So um, yeah, if you guys want to, you know, get in there and leave a review and all that kind of stuff, like uh, we're going to be having something for you in the very near future. All right, guys. Till next time. Thanks a lot.